0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. a show that is so bad we tried to improve it with AI and it crapped out. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Oh, it's a cold winter's day here. And on, uh, yeah, here in North Carolina still. Um, on this week's show in Pipe Parts, I'm going to talk about the most important pipe shape. The most important pipe shape. And we're going back to, uh, Pipe Smoking One Hundred and One Revisited with the most important pipe shape, in my opinion, of which I am the leading expert on my own opinion, and you're welcome to it. And then my guest is from Emerson Southern Forge, is Jim Steffi. Had a lot of fun talking to him, and uh, and I, I I really do like what Jim and uh, and uh, Tim are doing on their uh, on their podcast thing. It's it's a lot of fun just to sit and listen to uh, music for the winter season. Uh, mailbag, and uh, rant that's more of an observation but still somewhat of a rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, And remember, uh, if you have a pipe-smoking event, if you have a pipe show, a pipe-gathering, whatever it is, and it's open to the public and you want people to know about it, uh, email Kevin at PipesMagazine.com, that's K-E-V-I-N at PipesMagazine.com, and he'll add it to the events calendar. You can also go into the forums and post it for free there in the uh, pipe gatherings, or uh, I forget exactly what they call What do they call that? Let's see. Um, but while you're there, you, if you are uh, if you are a pipe repair guy doing restorations and services, well, we've got a sticky note there. Yeah, it's called Pipe Events. It's so, uh go in there and post it for free on the on the forums. Email Kevin about it. We want to get the word out about all these events that go out around the country. If you're in a different part of the world, doesn't matter. Germany, China, wherever, I know there's events out there. Email Kevin at pipesmagazine.com and he'll get it listed on the website uh or go or just go into the forums for free and list it there. And again, if you're a pipe repair guy doing cleanings, restorations, whatever, there's a sticky note in there on the forums, and you can go in there and look them all up. All right? All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go.
1: There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal Seller Series, the secret ingredient, is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information.
0: And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, pipe... uh, pipe smoking 101 revisited and the most important shape of the pipe so in the past we talked about the uh, uh we, we talked about the parts of the pipe Went you know got back through most of the cuts of tobacco and this time i'm taking on the pipe itself and the reason i'm calling the billiard the most important shape is Because every time you hear a pipe maker talking about learning how to make a pipe and do this and do that and, you know, getting perfecting the billiard, which is a semi, you know, one of the simpler shapes. uh, Perfecting the billiard is always one of those things that you hear as one of the hardest shapes to make or one of the hardest to get the eye for. Uh, I've, you know, there's famous stories of pipe makers training somebody else and saying, all right, go make a billiard and come back and make the perfect billiard with the right proportions and the balance to it and the shaping, right? And then when they finally make one, then the pipe maker will turn to the apprentice and say, now go back and make me 50 that look the same as that. And then you're a pipe maker. So that's why I say the billiard is the most important. Uh, The billiard named after the British uh, eyeglasses that were spectacles back then that were made for uh, billiards players or pool players. The billiard glasses were taller. Remember back then, a lot of glasses were just round or small for just reading. Well, these were taller so that they would cover the entire eye so that the billiard player could look up and down the pool cue. So that's how we get the shape of the, we get the name billiard pipe. Uh, In order to be a billiard, the bowl has to be taller than it is wider. If it's not taller than it is wider, if it's equal or shorter than it is wider, then it's a pot. In most cases, you will find a bowl is uh, one and a half times taller than it is wider for a billiard. That's most cases. That's a... Simple example, but that's most cases. So you look at a tobacco chamber that might be, uh, you know, the, the, the bowl itself might be one inch wide. The tobacco chamber might be three quarters of an inch. And in that case, then the bowl to make the quintessential billiard will be, you know, one and three quarter inches or two inches tall. The, in order to be a billiard, the walls have to go up parallel. If they don't go up parallel, if they flare out at the top, and if it gets wider at the top, then it's a Dublin. If it gets narrower at the top, then it's a volcano. They must be parallel up and down. Um, Also, in order to continue to keep it a billiard, uh, you don't want a really long shank. You want the shank to be less than half the distance of of the length of the stem and the shank. So... A little bit shorter if you get a longer shank you may still have the per the the correct proportions for the bowl but then you're getting into the uh, lumberman's lavats canadians depending on the shape of the uh, of the shape of the shank and in the case of the pipes that i like you know the the long shanked billiards or the uh, or the lavats with the saddle bits you know then then you're starting then you're into my kind of uh my kind of wheelhouse but again, if the, you, know, you can have a little bit of going back to the bowl for a minute, you can have a little bit of a variation in the, uh, in the chamber, uh, in the walls going up and yeah, but you don't want too much. Cause if you start to get too much, then you might get into some of the egg shapes and stuff like that. So again, top of the, you know, bowl walls go straight up and down, uh, wider than it or taller than it is wider. Uh, you may have a slight angle on the pipe and this is where it gets really tricky for some pipe makers because you may have a six degree reverse angle so the bowl may be angled back towards the pipe smoker and the reason for that six degree angle is so that when the pipe is in your mouth it then the top of the bowl is kind of flat you may have a uh, you may have a billiard where the bowl is forward slanted just a little bit so you will get some of those variations in there um, it, when you start to look at some pipe makers or some pipe manufacturers you'll see how you know maybe the shank comes in on the side of the bowl instead of coming in straight onto the flat bottom of the bowl that doesn't matter to the shape of the pipe that does that's just their stylings and how they want to get the tobacco chamber to the bottom. Uh, the other reason why I, why I call the billiard, the classical shape is because when you, uh, when you car, when the, when the pipe maker is making the bottom of the bowl, well, that also means that it's really a lot easier for them to get the draft hole straight into the bottom of the bowl, straight into the bottom, because you've got this round thing and then the, you know, you've got the round tobacco chamber. And then you've got this draft hole that's coming into the side of it and it gets dead into the bottom without having to wiggle or jiggle it around a little bit. And it still allows for a proper amount of meat down there. Um, The billiard is also uh, more comfortable to hold in your hand than most pipe shapes, especially if you start looking at like bulldogs or, uh, you know, some of the more extreme shapes. The billiard just naturally fits nicely round in your hand. And it's also easier to see, you know, especially if you have a bent billiard, it's really easy to see down into the tobacco chamber. So when you start looking at, uh, at pipe makers and stuff like that, look and see what they're doing with the billiard. The billiard is, in my mind, uh, in my opinion, the ultimate pipe shape, and it's the one you'll see the most. You'll see variations of it and minor tweaks to it. And you'll see it on different, you know, uh, on bents and straights. Um, you'll see it in different sizes, but again, those proportions work and the billiard is, you know, the, that's the one shape that every pipe maker is told, you know, go make me one and then make me 10 more that look alike. And good luck with that. Cause it's so simple, but it's also so hard to execute. All right, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, my conversation with Jim from Emerson Southern Forged. This is Internet Radio.
2: For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop, too, is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr, worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila 100,000 welcomes. Wherever you come from, whosoever you be.
0: We're well, we back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And joining us is one of those, it, it's a rare breed. You know why I call you a rare breed? You're a rare breed because you're blending and creating tobaccos from Emerson Southern forged and a whole bunch of other things. Jim steffi welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Well, Brian, it is an honor to
3: be here. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, no need to bribe bribe me or kiss up. You're already here. Uh, <laughs> don't don't lie to me either. <laughs> yeah, make the check payable
3: to Brian Levine. Correct. That's what I'm yes. the instructions says. Yes, said. at Las no, Vegas c-
0: International c- Pipes. Oh, sorry, uh, shouldn't put that ad in there. <laughs> so welcome to the show let's get to know you um you're not a young kid anymore like me uh i i i hope that's not news to you but uh, where'd you grow up what did you want to be when you grew up and when did you grow up um
3: so in order i, I grew up in indiana and escaped as quickly as i could <laughs> um what did I want to be when I grow up? According to the Cooter preference test I took in high school, I was supposed to be a fire watcher, uh, but that didn't pan out, and I went into sales. And my wife thinks that I have the maturity level of a really kind 12-year-old, so I don't think I've ever grown up.
0: Wow, so you are older than me, because my wife thinks I'm a big 9-year-old, so...
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know she every time i come home she goes there was a box on the porch what's in the box well it was tobacco how much tobacco
0: is is enough i don't know i haven't got there yet i'll let you know (laughs) i'll tell you (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) i'm telling you but i'm thinking it has a one in the number and it's the other part of it is more (laughs) you know i i mean it really is 400 pounds too much because i don't think so i don't think so at all No, no, it is if it's a sumo wrestler that you're fighting, but no, 400 pounds of tobacco. No, no, it's, it's perfectly reasonable, you
3: know? And I, you know, I keep
0: ball jar, well, you know, in profitable (laughs) quarters. So when you, when you empty a ball jar, do you wash it out and buy a new ring and everything for it? Or do you just chuck that one and move on to a fresh one?
3: No, I will. I don't wash them. There's been some internet scuttle about it. Glass is fairly impervious to most things. Yeah. So if you rinse it out with hot water and I use alcohol prep wipes, wipe it with an alcohol prep, let it sit till the alcohol has gone. And then it's done. Uh, but I do put new lids on it every time. If the ring ever develops a dent or a slight imperfection, I'll throw the ring away and swap it out. But the jars are forever.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing with ball jars is you can buy the rings and the lid separately and you, you know, and, and you're yeah. good to go. You're fresh as a daisy. Yep, yep. exactly. All right. So uh, what did you sell? Anything in particular or just whatever you could get your hands on? Uh, well, I started off
3: uh, when I first started, I worked in a lumber yard. Mm. And then I went f- from lumber to flooring. And then from flooring, I went to HVAC. And then I went to heating elements and then back to HVAC. So I thought that
0: of- covers roughly the last 30 years. I thought if you nice. went from lumber to flooring, you might be moving down and then you'd end up in mining equipment. But
3: well, uh, You know, that, that whole claustrophobia thing, Jim, come <laughs> out and take a look at this equipment. Mm- no. No, no, <laughs> no. Bring it up to the top and we'll take a look at it. But <laughs> if I go down in there, you're going to have yeah. to scotch guard the seats because I'm going to be leaking from everywhere.
0: <laughs> What's the line? Uh, bring me
3: my brown pants. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, that's. I have friends that go spelunking. You should go with us. Not ever for any reason whatsoever. No. How do you combine two, two of the things that terrify me the most? Drowning and confined spaces. Spelunking. Yeah. No, right. Not going to
0: happen. I'd rather spend a weekend with my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Hope she doesn't listen. Um. <laughs> anyway, so when did uh, when did pipe smoking come into your life and how? Uh, uh So my grandfather was a
3: long time you know he smoked a pipe from the minute I knew him till uh, our relationship ended um and he was the prototypical codger he only smoked small straight billiards only smoked M4 blue and in 1986 when I was a young man I decided that I wanted to pick up pipes and I didn't like his pipes because I liked bent pipes you know that's just kind of you rebel I I know it and uh, uh, but he says you know pick a blend that you like and smoke it so I went to a tender box because that was the the pipe store of choice back in the 80s and picked up Captain Spice and that's what I smoked and then I got married and then about the time our youngest turned two and didn't want to hang out with dad in the garage anymore smoking a pipe I, I put it away for a little while and then when he got older, I picked it up again, and I, I was a cigar smoker for a long time, and, and I enjoyed cigars to some degree. But I came back to Pipes in 2018 and kind of dedicated myself to being a pipe smoker since then. So, Well, welcome back. We missed you. And boy, did I miss the pipe community and how much it's changed. Goodness. Yeah. Hard to, be- hard
0: to believe. God, 2018, that was six years ago now. Oh, uh, Okay um, no, not welcome back. Glad you're still here. Uh, yeah. what were the, uh, so early, early on in your pipe smoking, you were just, you were kind of that simple one or two pipe guy in your, in your bag of captain spice that you'd get from the tinderbox.
3: It, basically I, I had three pipes at the time. I had a, an Urbino, which was my first, what I would consider to be expensive pipe. Cause I spent right. $55 on it in 1986. Yeah. And then I had, a. Uh, uh, bent uh, Omega Dr. Grabo and a little bent medical that I picked up at the grocery store. And depending on what I was doing, you know, it was a formal occasion. It was the Urbino and everything else was, you know, either the, the Omega or the little Medico. So,
0: And those Omegas, the rare thing about those is they were actually, I believe, made in Israel for Dr. Grabo. I believe that's correct.
3: Yeah. You know, grape, I think they're all made now in North Carolina, yeah. just down the road. Um, but at the time, I believe the, the Omegas, the, especially the 80s and
0: 90s ones, were, were yeah. made in Israel. Yeah. Wow. So you had a rare one. Um, was pipe smoking back then, was that kind of a daily, all day long thing or an evening thing? or? Uh...
3: Well, back in the early 80s, you could actually smoke on the job, yeah. you know, where you could actually you know you go into the office and you light your pipe and you know i i would have five six bowls a day maybe four or five a day it just depends and uh, you know and and now it's uh four bowls a day unless i'm testing or or trying something new and then you know six or seven just depends
0: yeah wow yeah that had to be something different you quit smoking a pipe and then you come back to it and you're like "Uh, you what do you mean i can't smoke in the office screw you i quit yeah yeah bye
3: <laughs> yeah
0: i'd like an office outside please <laughs> yeah <laughs> then you're in the spelunking <laughs> and lumber business again yeah exactly yeah well we'll give you an office it's through a cave um <laughs> yeah. underwater by yourself In the <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. perfect you'll find me trembling in a corner don't worry but my pipe will be good uh, yeah the, <laughs> the pipe will be good do you think the uh, so the so the times that you when you switched over to cigars, do you think that kind of helped your pipe your, your pipe tobacco appreciation? Did it fine tune your palate, um, or did you did it get you pissed off at spending seven to ten dollars on a thing that lasted an hour and then you were done with it? Um, you know, the, the,
3: when I was cigar smoking and I loved Maduros. But the problem I had is that they're not particularly nuanced. Mm-mm. It's not like the cigar unravels. There, there's not a flavor mystery in it. It was just kind of the same from front of the stick to the back of the stick. And when they got to, you know, when I moved to North Carolina and they were getting up over $12 a stick for anything that I liked, I was like, you know, why don't you try pipe tobacco? Because a tin of pipe tobacco is, you know, what, 10, 12, 15 bucks and, and you get, 10, 12 bowls out of a, a tin, and you've got twelve hours of enjoyment as opposed to okay. one. And and that's what. And then once I develop, you know, once I started really getting into pipe smoking, you know, the, the variety of blends that are available and the flavor profiles, and and how the blend would unravel from the top to the bottom of the bowl, and the subtle nuances that you get, and I just fell in love. And you were it was you were back in the fold again. I was back in the fault, and re- I, I, I hate to plug TenderBox, but in 2018, I, I had bought Captain Black again, and it wasn't anything like I remembered. It was just terrible. It, I got tongue bite from it all the time. It, it just, it, it's like, I didn't even have to put a match to it. I just had to put it in the pipe, and I would get tongue bite. And I went to the TenderBox, and I said, you know, I'm just not enjoying it like I used to, and, she, and the lady at the counter, whose name I've long forgotten, said, well, you know, they've changed how they blend it, and there's a lot more stuff with glycopalphal alcohol, and you might be a person that has a tough time with it. Right. I said, okay. And she handed me a couple of tins, and she handed me Acadian Parique, and she handed me Westminster from GLPs, and she handed me Belmont Station, which is a, a vanilla arrow from C&D, and I knew I was home. I fell in love with Acadian Perique. I fell in love with Westminster. <laughs> I, I don't think I finished the can of Belmont station and i knew that vapors and englishes were where i was going to spend my time
0: all right we're going to take a break right here when we come back we're going to find out more about this emerson southern forge stuff and uh, and tobacco blending so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute
4: take a look at your pipe rack are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345.
0: We're back on the pipes magazine radio show with Jim Steffi of Emerson Southern forged. And, uh, and you also do a, a YouTube podcast thing with a certain other person that we've had on the show before. So tell us, tell us about that. Promote it, pimp it. Cause, cause we support you all. <laughs> well, Tim
3: Beaumont from Papa bears pipes. Yeah. And I have been having a weekly call for about a year now. And we thought, you know, more people need to enjoy our sick, twisted, dark sense of humor. (laughs) So we thought we better do a podcast. And the premise behind it was let's have a tobacco blender on and let's have somebody that makes pipes so that we can cover a little bit more of the spectrum. And we talk about pipes and tobaccos and we have guests on and we've had pipe makers on and people from the pipe community. And we're irreverent, and uh, and most frequently we trash vegans. So, I mean, that's kind of the fun side of the podcast for us. So just is, there's a, a, a vegan that writes me hate email about every two weeks, and we read his emails on the
0: air and and have a good laugh at his expense. And, and where can we find the uh, – because you guys record it in video too, so, right? So it's on YouTube. Yep. So
3: we're on YouTube at Pipe and Tobacco Talk. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I think we're trying to get on some of the others, but they keep changing and they keep falling yeah. off. And, and we have a good following on Apple and Spotify and we're happy there.
0: So. You, you got 90% of it right there. So don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So why the, uh, why the uh, starting of the Emerson Southern forged How, First of all, let's talk about the name. How did you get the name? <laughs> okay. So when I moved to South Carolina in 2014,
3: There was a television show called forged in fire yeah and it's just everyday guys making stuff with a forge and i did that and i absolutely loved it and i started my own little forging stuff i made tools i made knickknacks just little things and i called the company emerson southern forged i didn't actually sell a ton of stuff but i did have a monogram for it and it was esf and i liked it and And then I had a a wrist injury that uh, prevented me from forging anymore. I just couldn't swing the five-pound hammer. And then I got mad at Mac Barron. Uh-oh. What did Mac Barron do to you? They canceled. They discontinued Acadian Perique. Yes. Which uh, two of my favorite blends are Acadian Perique by Mac Barron and Savinelli's Ascensa Cipriata. Those are my top two blends, A1 and AB. And uh, so... I got into the YTPC and the YouTube wormhole is deep. You know, one minute you're watching a pipe video, the next minute you're learning how to talk to giraffes. <laughs> and I, I found Muttonchop Piper and I just started watching his videos because there was something soothing about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a man from, you know, so my grandfather was from Kentucky, Muttonchop's from Kentucky. And he had this video, Cellar Deep Not Wide. And I just, whatever I liked, I'd buy a pound of it or I'd buy two and put it in jars and sit in the closet. And I thought, well, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to start cellaring deep. So in 2021, I I went to order more Acadian Perique. And it's like, oh, we're sold out. We're getting some more in. Don't worry. Huh. And then pretty soon, yeah, no, it's not. It's discontinued. We're not getting any more. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> Seriously, I find something that I'm absolutely in love with and you all discontinue it. And I got mad. And I thought, you know what, I can blend pipe tobacco. I can do this. I started reading everything I could. I went to you know, smoking pipes and tobacco pipes and fornog and any place that I could buy blending tobaccos. And I just started. The first thing I did, I got a red notebook and I smoked each one individually in a couple of different pipes. I got a couple of clay pipes, some merchant pipes, some briar pipe, a cob, and just started smoking the individual blenders. And I thought, you know what, I can make. Acadian Parikh. And so I made my first three blends I made. One was called Connemara, And it was a vapor. And what I discovered is no, no, I cannot copy what Mac Baron did with Acadian Parikh. But I did make a pretty darn good uh, vapor. And I started making blends and I just jar them up. And, you know, my wife, his humored me, you know, because when, you know, when you, you're at home and an anvil shows up and then a forge shows up and then a bunch of hammers <laughs> and metal tobacco was a little easier on her because, you know, she would leave the forging stuff out on the porch. She goes, I'm not picking that up. Um, <laughs> the tobacco she'll bring in. Um, and, and I threw myself into it and I met uh, a, a great fellow named Thomas Tinker's Pipes. And I bought some pipes from him on eBay. I said, hey, if I send you some blends, would you try them and tell me what you think? And I sent them to him. And a couple of days after he got them, he calls me back and says, you you got to sell these. You got to sell these. And I said, no, you're just happy I got freedom. You got freedom back. I'm going to be that crap.
0: Stop blowing smoke and, up my skirt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, you, you're too far away to kiss my ass from here. Yeah. Um, I have long and then, inter- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he introduced me to Tim at Papa Bear's Pipes. And... I, I did the same thing with Tim. Tim made me a pipe and I've got, you know, it started my love affair with artisan pipes. And I said, you know, tell me what you think. And he says, okay. And in the meantime, you know, I was talking to Tim about his website. And I said, who's, who's doing your website? Cause it's, uh, you know, it looks like it needs a little work. And he said, well, I, I did it. I was going to build a website and then I just stopped. And I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal. You make me pipes. I'll do your website. Life will be good. Okay. And then he calls me back. A couple of days ago, we'll do the, the website thing, and I got your tobaccos, and I want to take them to the NS the NASPC pipe show in Columbus. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, you know, they're not going to sell. You guys are just, you know, it's just all smoke. I sent him 24 jars of tobacco, takes him to the show, calls me at noon on Saturday and says, we sold out, and I gave your number to about 20 people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? i um, And it just kind of took off from there. Eric uh, from EMC Custom Cobbs called me that Monday after the show and said, Tim says, you're pretty good at this. I'd like you to make some blends for me. And then Tim introduced me to Jay Furman and it kind of, you know, with EMC and Tim and and Jay Furman, it just kind of went off the rails. You know, it's just like everybody,
0: you know. (laughs) And that's the end yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, And that's. Yeah. Jim and, and can't stay much longer because he's got to be busy <laughs> blending stuff for Jay Furman. Cause you know, Jay gets a little uptight if you don't get his blends to him in time. Well, you know, and Jay and Mike had me on, yeah. on
3: the pipe and tamper podcast and had me make a blend for him. And what people don't know is that although Mike only likes sunset Harbor flake, He's got a great nose and understands blending very, very well. And he had me make Meteora. Um, and then he came back with another one called Satanic Panic. You know, and, and Mike called me up with the ingredients and the math for it. Just said, make this for me. And I said, okay. And I sent it off to him and he says, this is great. You got to, you got to put it out there. i like, all right, fair enough. But Mike and Jay, you know, have just been, you know, magical to me. So in fact, Mike even designed the logo, the Emerson Southern Forge logo. Well, that's Mike's work.
0: <laughs> they're they're good people although i'll never tell them to their face um, no we can't live because their heads will swell and the next thing yeah. you know they'll be yeah 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 i mean if mike's head got any bigger it would break through the roof um how many blends do you have right now in your current portfolio um i have 140
3: on the blend list uh. and i have another 60 that were either custom blends for people that didn't want them released. They only wanted them for themselves or things that are still in testing, you know, where I send it off and get other people's opinions. And you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of this?
0: How do we go and see all your blends? Do you have a website or do we have to go to no. Papa Bear's pipes and ask him?
3: <laughs> uh, no, actually you can email me uh, at emerson and I'll send you a blend list. Uh, you can look at Instagram. I post er- erratically at best. Um, website. So on the tobacco side, uh, unless you're big, um, you are frowned upon. You have to have uh, basically a coded website. Then you have to have a, a find a bank that's willing to do business with a small guy and none of them will. So I'm,
0: Uh, yeah, you have to have the age gateway and all that stuff. So we're just, we're just staying small and laying low and being, uh, and being discreet. Uh,
3: yeah. You know, I, I never, had you told me two years ago this is what i'd be doing in like all my spare time i would have laughed at you <laughs> there's no there's no there's no way i'm just some guy sitting in a closet you know with 400 pounds of tobacco having a ball So <laughs> you're back in that cave again now
0: yeah and, I, and, and here i sit in yeah. in the pipe and tobacco room are there are there blending components that you uh that you're having a hard time finding or that you want to find and play with because I've looked through some of the listings that are on tobacco reviews, and you, you've got some unique stuff. Um, I'm always on the
3: lookout. The, the hardest thing for me to get is some of the Orientals. Um, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Uh, Yindiji. Yindiji. Um, uh, some of them are just... I, I can't buy them because they get snapped up by the big houses. You know, Sutliff yeah. gets them, C and D gets them, all the, the the European companies get them, and there's there's never any available. So in the Orientals, I use Bosma, Krumovgrad, uh, Samsung that I get in whole leaf, and then Izmir and and Shmirna that I get from Sutliff and C and D. So
0: hold on, you said those you, are the hardest. Hold on, you said whole leaf, so mm-hmm. so that means that you're sitting there cutting it to make it not whole leaf uh yeah yeah uh for the first year and a half i had a little
3: manual shredder and i had two of them one was 0.8 millimeter and one was one millimeter and if you haven't tried a pound of tobacco using one of those it's about a two and a half hour process per pound mm-hmm. and it, it you know and if you when you order whole leaf the virginia's come great the burley's come great but the orientals come stick dry. They're just yeah. dry as a bone. You have to rehydrate them, and then you have to shred them. And it's, it, it, there, there's a degree of, of work involved in it. So I moved up to a gigantic electronic manual shredder that does a pound in about 12 minutes. so well, your wife must have been thrilled when that arrived on the front porch. It, it was out on the front porch when I got home. So <laughs> she was not bringing that one in. At, at, at 55 pounds, she was not excited about that one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so you're so you're buying this raw dry stuff and having to rehydrate, go through all that process, all at the same time. You're also experimenting with blending and playing around with batch size and and the mixtures.
3: Yep, I, I do. Uh, so everything I do, I, I when I started blending, I wanted to put the math to it. It was important to be able to replicate every blend. So yeah. if I started off with a blend and I made it and I didn't like it. And you just can't add stuff to it and hope for the best because then you can't duplicate what you did. So thus was born in the jar of doom. Um, things that don't make the cut, things that you wouldn't, you know. <laughs> Who would you give this to I don't know. Who do I really not like? You don't like the neighbor. Well, he's getting a pound of it. Yeah. So, you know. But, yeah, I, I do all that. Um, you know, one of the things that I really try to do is I don't like things that are overly cased or or cased or topped without telling people that it is mm-hmm. so a lot of the whole leaf I use is exactly as it comes to me I shred it up it, it some of the cigar blends have a really unique chocolate earthy flavor to it that that I think when you get cigar leaf blends from th- that have been cased I, I think it kind of takes, some of the natural flavor out of it and i try to keep as many blends as i can as original as i can I, I like that 1930s 1940s we're not going to put anything on it it's tobacco either you like it or you don't
0: yeah and that and that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that even when you get like a uh yeah just a, a virginia flake from many of the danish tobacco companies or the German ones. There's a there's a little bit of a casing in there, a little bit of an artificial sweetener on there. There's a little mold inhibitor. Yeah, all those things are put on there, and that's to mm-hmm. help. Yeah, that's to, to make the smoking experience more beautiful for you. Um, but yeah, yeah, and, and you know
3: that's that's fine. I just when I started getting whole leaf and I started smoking it individually, I realized how cased and topped everything was and how wonderful if you get a ripe red Virginia and just smoke it uncased it's a magical experience you know you get that hay grassy sweet note to it and it's not it's not over sweetened and I, I just fell in love with that and that's what I tried to do as much as I can so
0: it, it, it's not oversweetened yet <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah so so you have virginia's you have english's you have virginia periques you play around with mm. burleys but mm-hmm. you're probably not the one to go to if you want a cherry vanilla aromatic
3: um i do have some aromatics and i promised myself that i wasn't going to make them because i don't particularly the hard part for me is i don't like to smoke aromatics um there are some that i like but they're all european so like dan Note and peter stockaby's optimum that are not the goopy american type of aromatics but i've had so many people call me and say well i, I really want you
0: to make me an aromatic well all right we <laughs> poof you're an aromatic oh sorry that yeah. was the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry that was the old joke um <laughs> yeah do you and, and do you have pipes that you dedicate just for blending I do have six pipes that are
3: what I call testing pipes. Okay. Uh, I have a Mersham, I have a Cobb, I have two clay pipes, I have a Briar, and I have something uh, and something else. But they're all all they do is test blends in it. So I will grind up, you know, I'll I'll shred and I'll take. You know, if I get something new in, I'll put it in a bowl and smoke it, and then I'll start pairing it. So you know, as you go through. You know what goes with what. And I found that dark burley really goes well with Perique. and, and I get whole leaf Perique um, mm-hmm. that I really like the flavor of, and it gives it a stone fruit kind of flavor. That you know, had I not done you know enough due diligence, I never would have would have picked that out. And uh, you know, it's it's an endless rabbit hole, <laughs> and I love it.
0: And then you and and then you smoke the finished blends in specific pipes that and or or in those same testing pipes so that you can make sure that it so that no i will i will grab five pipes out of the
3: collection
2: okay.
3: uh and smoke you know i'll, I'll take a, a deep bowl i'll take a, a shallow wide you know, i'll take a pot i'll take a stack billiard you know, I'll, I'll just grab yeah. five pipes and smoke it and, and see what the flavor profile says. And then I've got uh, a couple of people that I trust with testing. Jay Furman is is high on that list. And a young fellow that I played fantasy football with has graciously agreed to do all the aromatics. And, you know, I, I thank you for that, man.
0: <laughs> You're a brave, brave man, because some of these may be really bad. Uh some of my worst days of my life were here's six versions of a chocolate vanilla aromatic that we're working on tell me which one you like better uh none uh, by the end of the yeah <laughs> yeah
3: it's i equate it to having a hot pocket you know either it's cold in the center or it burns the roof of your mouth so bad it tastes like shoe leather and
0: it's just there's no medium so. <laughs> sometimes it's a hot pocket that has no flavor and it just <laughs> smells good sometimes it smells bad and it's it, yeah the worst days of my life and that's the reason why i hate doing tobacco reviews but uh, uh, just for you personally how big is your pipe collection now because we're recording this over zoom and i can see racks and racks and racks of stuff Um,
3: we don't openly admit to the number of pipes because they continue to show up because if you don't know what pad is for your listening audience, it's pipe acquisition disorder Mm -hmm. and I'm its poster child. Um, (laughs) I I think I'm
0: a, a couple over 300 at this point, but I,
3: I don't count them.
0: And if anybody's wives are listening, they were all $20 each.
3: Um, actually most of them were trades. Honey, if you're listening, I didn't spend a dime on any of them. They were all trades. I like that. That's a better story than mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and that's the problem in the pipe community. You say, hey, Jimmy, if you talk to this guy, he's a great pipe maker. And the next thing you know, two of his pipes are in the collection. And then, you know, hey, Jim, I saw your, your interview with Wes and order the pipe. And and then the next thing you know, and it just spirals out of
0: control. And try having to talk to all these pipe makers on a podcast and then you and or see them at a pipe show and then you see all this and you're like i want it all i can't have it all damn okay yeah life goes on (laughs) Uh, jim (laughs) jim we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready i'm ready hit me this is gonna hurt but what is your favorite pipe oh
3: um yeah. I, I'll, I'll say this because of the sentimental value. My daughter and son-in-law got me a Savinelli 645KS in the Dolomite series for Christmas three years ago. And it just holds a special place in my heart because uh. I didn't ask them to. They just found it. It was the perfect pipe. It's You know, it's bent. It's got a nice bowl. Uh, yeah. You know, no, no offense to any of my pipe makers that I absolutely love and have...
0: Many, many of their pipes. That one just has more sentimental volume. Yeah, screw you guys. You're not family anyway. Um, what is your favorite tobacco? Um. So of other people's things, uh,
3: Acadian Perique, which is discontinued, and I have hoarded as much of it as I can find, and uh, Savinelli, a Senza Cipriata. And that is an English blend that is cased with a a red wine. Tastes like a cab to me, Cabernet Sauvignon. Um and I every tin that I have is from two thousand and sixteen, and I think I have thirty, and they're all well aged and they're just spectacular. What is your favorite drink? Oh, uh, redbreast Irish whiskey, neat maybe maybe some whiskey stones in it
0: that might look like uh that bottle right back there. No, you, yeah, there it is, yeah, yeah um <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie or music? book every time and finally a favorite pipe smoking related memory boy you know so for
3: me pipe smoking is a solitary thing um i have pipes in the car when i'm testing i'm just sitting out in the garage i I take the dog for a walk twice a day and have a pipe and it's a very solitary thing for me i haven't uh I haven't been to a pipe show just because I still have to work for a living uh, and traveling um, has been difficult, um, especially the first two years I got into this because I, I had Achilles surgery and couldn't walk and traveling just made it a pain in the ass. Um, I, I did get to have a pipe with a wonderful pipe maker from here in Colorado, uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, from Castle Briars. And um, I, we went to Edwards Pipe Tobacco Shop here in Denver. Um, and, and got to sit down and talk with him and we talked about pipe making and I picked up the pipes that I got from him and, it, you know, it was just a, a really special thing. And that's, uh, this year I'm trying to get to, I, I owe a special allegiance to the Columbus pipe show, the NASPC, um, uh, cause that's where we came to life. And I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get to Vegas this year cause it's just over the mountains. Uh, and I'd like to get to mule town too. I, I probably won't display at any of them, but I just want to go and hang
0: out. So. yeah just be yeah yeah um and you're and you guys are you and you and tim are making some great memories on your little uh on your little yak show but it's just not safe for some family environments um yeah, we we read the warning every show
1: yeah because
3: <laughs> this uh, is you know we're the two uncles that you go sit with at christmas in the corner of the room because they're hilarious and they can't (laughs) we'll say stuff that you can't say in front of mom. So
0: yeah, I'm that I'm, I'm that uncle going to be that grandfather. Um, I taught my kids how to give the finger. So, (laughs) so follow the podcast, the YouTube show Emerson Southern at you at yahoo.com is the email address. Emerson Southern forged on Instagram. Thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for thanks for doing what you're doing. It's fun to watch, and and uh, it's fun to have somebody else out there creating stuff for us to burn up in our bowls. Well, it was an honor, Brian. I have been a
3: longtime fan and listener, and I feel like fanboy sitting here with you. So, and thank you, you s- so much. Still
0: agreed to come on, um, but hmm. yeah. Anyway, we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle.
1: From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series,
0: Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged
1: designs fit for the outdoors, elegant pieces destined for black tie galas Savinelli is more than a mark they're a way to help you make your mark
0: this is internet radio and we are back Uh, yeah keep an eye on uh, what uh, what Jim's doing follow Emerson Southern Forge all right, for music. Uh, so in the past, we've played uh, friend and uh, composer Dan Locklear's Symphony of the Seasons, and I thought, you know what, this time let's go back and we'll do a little bit of uh, we'll do a little bit of classical music, but this time we'll do it with Vivaldi, who uh, did, of course, you know, the Four Seasons, and this will be the first four four minutes or so of the winter movement for you. Thank you. If you want to hear the remainder of it, just do a Google search for Vivaldi, V-I-V-A-L-D-I. And uh, while Vivaldi did not uh, smoke a pipe that I know of, uh, he was born in Venice, one of my favorite cities that I've ever visited. And he died in uh, Vienna, one of the cities on my bucket list of places that I want to go. Crap. And remember, mailbag comments or questions can be emailed directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com. Or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. Uh, just like Dino does every week. And uh, going back to last week's show with uh, Tim from the Chicago Pipe Show, Dino says, A nicely done mini-bio. That shows how you have serious pipe cred. Yeah, yo, I'm down with the street cred. Uh, then he goes on to say, I enjoyed your conversation with my friend, Tim. He gave an exciting and tantalizing preview of our upcoming Chicago show. I know I'm pumped for it. Uh, Kevin's pick of Orleans. Still the one was a fun choice for music. How philosophical every day is a new beginning. Great advice in your rant rave. Thanks for a great start to 2024. Merry new year. Dino. Yeah. Merry new year. And then uh, Casey Ghost says, uh, Really enjoyable listening to your journey in pipes. It adds a touch of believability to your story. <laughs> I I heard you tell it before, but damned if I remember where. It goes to show you're not another pretty voice on the internet. No, or a pretty face either. Um, and then he says, uh, Tim gave a nice review of the Chicago Pipe Show. It is amazing all the things done at the show. It totally dwarfs all the others in terms of all the events planned and held at one show. My congratulations to the pipe show committee who makes it all possible. I really enjoyed Tim's remarks on about smoking cigars as a person who smokes one a day I can relate uh, And then he says I remember the uh, <laughs> I remember the Orleans release of uh, Still the one but thought it was out of the late 50s or 60s. Anyway kudos to Kevin for suggesting it. Yeah. Uh, and then one more going back, uh, going back a couple weeks to the visit with Chuck Stanion. And you'll have to go on to the forums and go under the uh, posting on December 19th for the episode. Uh, but Zero writes, as I was puffing away on some Dorchester in my Ronaldo Calabash this evening while organizing some pipes and Tobacco's magazines, I stumbled upon the 9-11 Twin Towers Costello Remember Pipes. Uh, that was in Pipes and Tobaccos, Winter 2002. That was mentioned in this episode by Chuck. I thought that I would share the photo for those who may be interested. Uh, I was uh, jogging. I was on jogging trails that morning, nine eleven, two thousand and one, uh, for physical training. When after showing uh, after showering and flipping on the news, did I see those events unfolding? It took me until 1:30 to get in, get onto base that day due to traffic. Previously, there were no ID checks; you could just come and go unchecked. Happy belated holidays! Back to my smoke break. No need to read on the podcast. Too bad, uh, but I did because there's a. Uh, you know, he put up pictures of the article, and you can see the uh, the remember pipe there. It's uh, beautiful to see it again. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipes, uh, Apple podcasts and Spotify ratings and reviews are much, much, much appreciated. And again, if you've emailed me recently, uh, I am stockpiling, uh, stockpiling some, uh, mailbag comments for future episodes. Cause I'll be doing a couple pre recorded as we get ready to, as we get ready to move <laughs> in, uh, just over a week now. So again, keep them coming. Really do appreciate all the uh, all the ratings and reviews that you can post for us. And in just a moment, my uh, rave time.
2: A Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe is the perfect pal. Going fishing, take your corncob pipe and see you back at dark 30. Hunting, your corncob pipe swears it won't make a pop relaxing and reflecting you add your corncob pipe at relax party time your corncob pipe doesn't produce a cool smoke for no reason let's just say your missouri meerschaum corncob pipe gets you visit www.corncobpipe.com to get yours today missouri meerschaum company authentically original authentically you
4: for you dear
0: say my favorite pipe tobacco why that swell i haven't seen this for years wherever did you find it On tidbits.com, of course. You mean the pipe collector's auction site?
4: Yes, that's right. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories too, you know.
0: You don't say. I can buy all those things on tidbits.com?
4: That's right. But you can also sell some of those pipes and tobaccos you don't smoke anymore too, dear.
0: Perhaps you're trying to tell me something.
4: Visit tidbits.com, the pipe collector's auction site.
0: Did you hear me call it a rave? Well, that's because I got distracted because uh, we're getting hammered with some storms right now as I'm recording this. So you may hear some storm noise in the background, too. Can't really tell. But anyway, um, no, this is more of a rant and it's more of a rant on myself. And the uh, the inspiration comes uh, I met up with a uh, pipe smoking friend a couple weeks ago. And the topic of the morning news shows came up, and I realized, you know what? I hadn't really watched any morning news shows in about 10 years. And I blame the internet. Yeah, the glorious, wonderful internet for that. Because about somewhere 10, 12 years ago or so, uh, my morning routine became get up, get my coffee... Get in front of the laptop and then start looking at news and YouTube and stuff like that and you know, reading the news on the, uh, on, the, on the home pages and stuff. Well, here's the problem with that. All that stuff, all the, the YouTube algorithm, the uh, news page algorithms, those are all programmed to what you keep clicking on. And it's to get you to click more and click more. So it only gives you things that you've already clicked on. Well, back in the day when I used to get up and watch the morning news every morning, you know, I'd watch the Today Show or uh, or well, I was a fan of the Today Show because of Katie Couric. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, you would be you'd watch the news and they would tell you every, They would they would present the news to you and present what they thought was important and you would learn something new because you weren't just getting things that you were interested in. You were getting things that you might not be interested in as well. So you would learn something new. And it's kind of like this podcast or any podcast where, you know, people fast forward through parts or sections that they're not interested in. Or if you see a guest name that you're not interested in, well, stop doing that. I'm going back to paying attention to the morning news shows getting up, having my coffee, turning on a morning news show and watching the entire show and learning more about what's going on in the world without the algorithm telling me, but yet news producers and directors and journalists telling me what is interesting and what they think is important. And you know what? I might learn something new. You never know. Hard to tell. All right. Comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Las Vegas International Pipe Show information is up and available right now at vegaspipeshow.com. Thank you to Jim for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time.
2: About The clouds when we're together, just sing a song and
1: think about sunny
2: weather. Happy Dragon Badida, Bomba Badida, Bumba, Bumba,
4: If you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while.